wrestling nerds, you're about to sink your ear holes into a big old serving of the motherfucking IndyCast. For over eight years, the best of independent wrestling interviews, pop culture, debates over topics like breakfast cereals and the Muppets, plus more innuendo than you could shake a goddamn stick at. So here is Maximus Chad Allen, Sticky Fucking Steamboat, Zach Romero, and occasionally Duchess Von Finger Bang Luna Lynn, as they bring you the fucking Indie Cats exclusively on the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the IndieCast. I am Zach Romero here on behalf of Chad and Luna, of course. We continue the Barbara Walters uh, one-on-one series here as Chad uh, continues his uh, quest of self-discovery. And so I decided, because I've heard that the grapevine, this might be my last one for a while, I wanted to really pull some strings and bring in a guest that uh, we are long overdue in, in having back on the show here, so... Please perk up your ears and, uh, I don't know, open your buttholes as we bring back onto the show the Symphony of Destruction, a forever member of the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network, and a damn handsome man, Zachary Cooper. Zachary, thank you for coming back on the IndieCast. That means the world to me, and I don't know if, I mean, I, I don't know, obviously the people at home can't see me, but, like, I'm sure you can see me through my camera. I'm actually missing a tooth. You are? Let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. So, uh, like, I'm not very handsome anymore. Well, hey, you look like <laughs> the most handsome hockey player from the 1970s that I could ever <laughs> draw. So what happened exactly? Let's talk about that. Yeah, so I was at uh, PWX back in January, and I was having a match with TGA Moss. And TGA Moss is so freaking good, and I was so hyped for the match. And uh, we got in there, and about five minutes in, dude, the crowd's popping like crazy. You know, the people backstage were like, yo, that match was really dope. And then about five minutes in, we get told to take it home. And I'm like, well, I was like, what do you mean? Like, what the, what do you mean? And uh, I look at Steven, Steven Kai Douglas was our referee. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was just like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, I don't know, brother. They just told me to take it home. And I was like, all right, cool. And I call the spot out, and I sprint over into the corner, and next thing you know, I got elbowed directly in the face, and my tooth went all the way back into my mouth, Ooh. but it was but it was still in, and I was not oh, un- it was like hanging on by threads, Dude, literally. Yeah, yeah, and I was knocked unconscious, and um, I had to go to the hospital, and what happened was was the doctor was like, I don't know what to do with your tooth. But I called a couple dentists near me, and this is what they said to do. And he reached his hand into my mouth and pulled the thing all the way back into the normal position. It hurt so bad. And long story short, I ended up coming back to Tampa or uh, Fort Lauderdale where I live, and he, that my dentist was like, "We're pulling that immediately." <laughs> and so putting it back in place—the worst decision that's ever been. It sucked, and like I said, they pulled it, and now it's like June 22nd is my next appointment because the bone is still shattered up in the mouth, so he's like, I can't do anything with it until it's fixed. I'm like, well, oh shit, okay. So hopefully next week I'll have a new tooth. Okay, well, that's good. That's good, and perfect timing as well because obviously we wanted to talk about one of the main factors here is that you were doing this like unbelievable summer run of wrestling matches 
before going to full-blown teacher status um and not like wrestling school teacher as in like empowering the children of america for the future teacher um so i don't know there's never you never say never in in wrestling you never say retired in wrestling uh our friend jared diaz claimed that he thought he was going to be retired and then like that yeah. lasted like two months and he's like hey i'm wrestling again so never say never but uh you are looking at this as sort of like at least a, a last big run for at least the foreseeable future is that right that's a hundred percent. I, you know, it was weird. Like, you know, I was doing so well and I was like all over the place. And then the next thing, you know, I just like went into hiding, which I'm sure we'll get into later on. But like I went into hiding for like eight months and then I came back, did a couple shows. And then I was just like, mm, I'm not really feeling this. And then all of a sudden I just started getting my phone blown up. And this is how this whole thing happened is like my phone started blowing up and there, and there was guys that were like, brother, you've been on my bucket list. I'm like, I'm on somebody's bucket list. I haven't done shit. And so <laughs> like, I haven't done anything. And like, people were like, you're on my bucket list. I've wanted to wrestle you since I saw you the first time at such and such. And I'm like, you know what? I am going to come back and I'm going to wrestle every one of these people that has reached out to me because they have so much respect for me. And like, that's really fucking cool. Well, and I mean, yeah, you, you obviously, like you said, you, you had to kind of disappear, but also wrestling kind of disappeared. Like your, your tooth injury in January basically was around the same time that wrestling lost its teeth that like we all just kind of went into hiding. So it's not like absolutely unheard of that, uh, you know, you had to take a hiatus, but I guess to, to get into the idea of wrestling in general, like you said, you haven't done shit yet. Uh, you, you are still young in your career technically, but I mean, you wrestled all over the goddamn place. And so I guess a question for you is, is there anything left on your list? Is there anything left unfinished at this time in the realm of wrestling? So the, well, that's, I mean, the weirdest thing is, and it's like, it's going to be like weird to say all this because it's like, I still haven't wrapped my mind around it. I'm 23. Like been wrestling. An infant. For like, You're an infant. You can say it. Right. Yeah. And I wrestled for my dream company. Like I wrestled for WXW Germany against NXT, WWE NXT UK superstar Oliver Carter and, and 16 carat freaking qualifiers. Like I wrestled in the qualifier of the biggest tournament, probably one of the biggest tournaments in indie wrestling, like as a whole. Very and true. like, and like I did that. And so that was my dream was to be a part of that company because obviously, you know, my father, Walter, you know, right. Was There's a, a family lineage at stake here. Right. He's a big part of that company, and it was something that I wanted to do. And, you know, I've gotten to wrestle in, like, 11, 12, 13 different states, four different countries. Like, is there anything left for me? I got to do WWE SmackDown before SmackDown tryout matches, you know, all that stuff. And, you know, would it be cool to be on an AEW Dark or something? Yeah, that would be pretty dope. You know, because a lot of my, you know, a lot of cool people like Marco and, and Sammy and people that I've worked with a lot. And, you know, those guys are now killing it. And it, it would be dope to do an, a Dark or something like that. But really, I feel very comfortable with where I'm at or good. what I have done. Good. That's good. That's what you're striving for in, in, in you know, this particular business. Um, so when you mentioned 
you know, you 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 were kind of out of commission for a while, and then you came back, and you're kind of like, yeah, and then obviously you kind of got a groundswell of support. What was it about that return back that you were kind of like, eh, like what what didn't quite vibe at that moment? I didn't feel it. It was weird. Um, I used to have this like weird, uh, and I mean, shit, you were around me for so long with all those ACWs and mm-hmm. punk pros and all that. I used to get this like really bad anxiety right before I'd go out and I'd be like, holy shit, like I can't do this. This is bad. Oh my God. Like, you know, the, the butterflies you get before you go out there. I didn't have that. Like I wasn't nervous. It was like one of those feelings where I was like, okay, cool. I'm here. Yay. Zach Cooper. Holy shit. New theme song under the graveyard. Bozzy Osborne. I'm a, I'm a cool dude. But, uh, you know, some of the people in, in, uh, South Carolina where PWX was, they popped really hard when they saw me. I just didn't feel it, man. I, it was weird. It was like one of those things where it was like, like I said, it went from being, this is what I love to do to, yeah, okay, I'm here. You know, like, and it just, I don't know what, I don't know what did it. Well, I do know what did it, but like, it was, there's multiple things that did it. And it just, it, I don't know. It was just weird. You know, it was a weird feeling that I had never experienced before. And I'm hoping that with these next string of matches that it's different because like, I'm going to be on my A game. Like I'm going to be back to taking Spanish flies on the floor. Like right. that Zach Cooper is coming back for the next couple months. So, you know, hopefully it's different. And, and I think it's going to be bittersweet no matter what, because I feel like even if it is like, if you get the butterflies and you're like, Oh my God, Oh my God, Oh my God. Or you get that spark reignited, which I mean, it happens to all of us involved in wrestling that, you know, okay. So now you're back into it and you're like, yeah, this is what I want to do. And it's like, well, too bad. Cause school starting. So you got to go yeah. teach these kids. Some yeah. goddamn respect. <laughs> so, so I do want to talk a little bit about you being a teacher. Um, yeah. And I assume that, you know, if the kid's misbehaving, you're going to hit them with a Spanish fly, uh, you know, on the floor. But, uh, or a senton or something along those lines. But <laughs> what is it? A, so teaching is a thankless job. Yeah, uh, it you know it, we there's so many statistics about like we don't have enough teachers and you know it's 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 a labor of love to really be an educator especially in this country. So what inspired you? Was there a teacher somewhere along the way that like really sort of struck a nerve and that you were like this is what I want to do or you know how do you get into focusing on teaching especially when wrestling was a thing and you you've had all kinds of other stuff and is the actual answer you don't really give a shit about teaching. You just want to coach. And this is the way to go about it. <laughs> so um, this is going to be like, it's it's going to be sort of long-winded, but it's Good. all going to be valid. Okay. But um, I always wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. As weird as that sounds, like, you know how in wrestling it's find your backup plan. This right. was always the backup plan. Now, did I expect to do it at 23? No, I expected to do this when I was 50 and decrepit and couldn't walk. But, you know things change. And Mm. what really did it for me. And when you say it's thankless, like I totally believed that. And then of course we just, you know, we talked before we went on the air that, you know, I'm currently switching positions. I had 114 out of 120 of my students write thank you notes to me and put them on my desk before I left today. And it just, it really, you realize that like, how big of an impact, like those kids were bawling their eyes out and I was crying too. Like, I love those kids. And like, you realize what kind of impact you make on these kids. And to me, 
it's one thing that I've always wanted to do was, you know, give back, you know, like in wrestling, like for example, I'm coming back to wrestling to try and give back to people that looked up to me, which I don't know how the hell you're looking up to me. I'm 23, but like, you know, thank you, you know, thank you. And, but to those kids, like having them tell me you're the best teacher I've ever had, or you showed so much love to us, unlike anyone else. And I'm just like, you know, like that's cause it's, that's how it should be. Education, sh education shouldn't suck. You know, like that's a great point. I had a lot of teachers that sucked. Some were very caring and loving and I'll never forget them. And you don't forget those people. I'm sure there are teachers you remember, but like, yes. you know, that's, that was my biggest thing was like, I wanted to give back to kids because I love history. I'm a history nerd. This is what I do. And like being able to do that and have all these kids really love and respect me. Like it was, it's, it's really cool. Uh, no joke. I always wanted to teach a pop culture history class. Like I remember there was a, a, a class that I had taken in high school and the, one of the assignments was the teacher basically broke down chunks of lyrics from, and feel free to steal this. Uh, it was, uh, um, was it American history? I don't remember what it was, but it was some kind of history class. And anyway, he broke down lyrics to, we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel and assigned each lyric to a student. And then you had to give like a presentation on what was the reference that this was making and like, why was it relevant to the song? And I thought that was like super interesting. And a lot of kids in the class had no clue. Like they didn't know who like Joe DiMaggio was or, or, or just things that are just like part of Americana. And so I always had in the back of my head, I was like, if I had to be a teacher, I would want to be like a history of pop culture, both in America and globally. Um, but I, my follow-up question to to you being a teacher, and although you're you know really just like a year or so in, are you finding yourself doing things or behaving in ways that you're like, oh my god, that's why my teacher did that? Like, are are there mannerisms or things that you're catching yourself doing already that you're like, oh, this is why teachers do that? Bro, I can't stand when kids talk while I'm talking. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like holy balls do i sit there and when those kids are talking while i am teaching do i snap and like low-key threaten to give them the cooper clutch like right. it's it's bad and so do i do i feel that way and do i totally like feel bad for every teacher that had to put up with my ass yes like <laughs> it was like bro it's it's bad like that was my biggest thing. I used to, I'm a talker. Like we all are, you know, and I'm an entertainer. Obviously I wore trunks and boots for a living for a while. And it just like one of those things where it was like, I used to entertain everybody and bro, those teachers hate, some of them hated me. And then like nowadays, like there was a kid, one of my, one of my students, you know, I, I told him the other day, I was like, you know, deep down, like very deep, like, and it's like a very, very deep, deep down. I love you. But every day when I see you, I just want to slap the shit out of you. <laughs> and, and like, so that's where I'm at. Like, you know, so yeah, there, there are definitely things that I picked up and realized like, wow, I'm fucking old. Well, okay. So let's talk about being old. And uh, before we uh, cracked open the mics here, before we cracked the mics, uh, you mentioned a show that you're obsessed with. I was trying to, like, finagle you into talking about, like, oh, we just watched Loki and we watched all of WandaVision. And what was your response is like, oh, here's the shit you really got to get on. 
I am addicted to Law and Order organized crimes. And that is such a dad show. Bro, That'd be like but... saying, like, oh, you want some real hot shit? You need to be watching some World War II documentaries. That's what you need to be on. <laughs> like, come on. I mean, but have you watched it? It, no. like, oh, my God, bro. Like, and it coincides with SVU, which is also, like, for example, what my 70, 80-year-old grandmother watches for fun. So, like, I'm, like, right there with her. And yeah, I'm like... say, you guys got, got you know. <laughs> theories to discuss now <laughs> no it's uh, that show is so badass like it's crazy but like what you know well while i'm doing that i also today for my class i let we watched lilo and stitch so like you know you i'm still yeah hell yeah so like yeah i'm old but you know you got to bring the child shit in eventually you know so my question to you for that for picking lilo and stitch yeah is there like is there like a list of movies you could pick, or is it? It's all just under like, hey, as long as it's PG, then you're fine. Is it? Is it a ruling like that? Well, so like they were all like telling me these kids were like, I want to watch, you know, Winter Soldier, or I want to watch Avengers, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I can't show fucking half the cast dying in a movie. It'd be a little and, rough. But with well, this, and see, this is my problem with education. See, I'm I'm first year in, and I've already got problems. So I can show them a video of people dying in World War II and getting shot and blown up. But I can't show them Spider-Man going, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. And then he, like, goes off in, like, oblivion. Like, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. But, yeah, no, um, I picked what I wanted to watch. So this week we watched The Pacifier. We watched uh, Lilo and Stitch, The Greatest Showman, three times. And, uh... (laughs) what what's your problem nothing just the fact that it's three times like look you didn't get the nuance of Hugh Jackman singing his ass off here so we're watching it again that was the last week of school we just watched movies and like always the best part yeah and they were great movies all of them well and the reason I asked that is when a million years ago because I am actually an old person a million years ago when I worked at Suncoast the motion picture company at uh, Countryside Mall um you could pick movies to play in the store, but they had to be PG or G. Wow. And the only exception was they did let us play uh, Star Wars Episode Three when it came out on DVD, which I was like, great. So then I would scour the store to find whatever the weirdest thing I could that was still technically PG. So I definitely played... Um, the original black and white Godzilla, the American cut, where it's got like um, Raymond Burr just like edited into scenes and shit like that. And I remember my manager being like, what the fuck? Why are we watching Godzilla? I'm like, hey, it's PG. You said it was PG. It's PG. (laughs) Uh, And then I found um, this really weird, uncomfortable uh, parrot documentary with this dude who like lived with parrots. And they were just like, he had like this really... (laughs) Uh, what the hell was the, it called? It was called like the Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill. That's gonna live in my brain forever. That I can't remember my grandmother's birthday, but I remember the Wild Parrots of Telegraph Hill. Um, but he had like a really soft-spoken, creepy voice, and so like they would show footage of he's like walking around his house with his shoes on, and this little parrot like jumps out from underneath the table and starts like attacking his feet. Clearly, this bird does not want to live in this house, and the guy's just like. 
Oh, that's Sebastian. He's a little rascal. I was like, that's not <laughs> rascal behavior. That's please God, let me escape. I've never been more interested in watching anything in my life. <laughs> that Hey, I think I sold two <laughs> copies of that DVD because I was playing in the store and people were like, what the fuck was this? I was like, hey, that's my parents. Was that shit on fucking Clarence for two ninety nine? Oh, of course it was. Of course. <laughs> I remember seeing it in like the incoming catalog, like the behind the scenes, like, oh hey, this is what's coming in your shipment. And I remember seeing the wild parrots, and I was like, oh, that's my fucking staff pick right there. <laughs> oh, so God. other than uh, than teaching and uh, getting your ass ready for wrestling, um, what else are you doing to to maintain sanity? Like, what else are you doing to to uh to keep yourself busy it's weird well it's not weird um i've pretty much lived at universal um i'm like there every week you were uh, right this time. it's pretty weird that's pretty weird well i mean like well this is the weird part is so i go to universal pretty pretty much every week um and I go and I, I at least see the Born Stuntacular at least twice every time and i've seen i think we're up to like 18 to 20 times now well, as a side note, clearly you're a man who's not afraid of repetition because you forced your class to watch <laughs> The Greatest Showman three times in a week. Um, well, yeah, but walk me, through, walk me through the Bourne stunt show because I haven't seen it yet. I was there obviously when it was Terminator Two. What is the what is the draw here, and why do you why have you seen it eighteen times? So, as they say in the preview or the pre-show, whatever, it's like what you do. It's like where they get on the microphone, like, "Hey, motherfuckers, you ready?" Like, you know. <laughs> But um, she's like, yeah, this is the most technologically advanced show Universal's ever done, and it's okay. true. It's it's badass. The stunts are really cool, and it's like a 20, 30-minute straight show. It's, like, really cool. And, uh, you know, it's got Bourne all over the place, and it's got, you know, just a bunch of cool shit. Lots of things exploding. Like, I'm telling you, it's it's definitely something to go watch. Does someone in like either the pre-show or during the stunt show, does someone go, Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne? Um, no, but I can tell you, uh, what's his name? Shit, I should know this. I've seen the show 20 times. Um, but this is the thing, and, and this is going to piss everybody off that's listening to this show. Um, so I live at Universal, but I have never seen a Bourne movie. Okay. I have never. I've never seen a Jurassic Park movie. Um, I've only seen, let's see, I've never seen a Despicable Me movie. I've never watched anything past Shrek 2. Like, I skipped a couple Harry Potters because I heard they were garbage. Like, so that's the thing. Like, I'm there writing all this shit. I've never seen a Transformers movie either. So, like, it's, Yeah. Okay, so is there a reason for this, or you just it just didn't like the ride didn't like wow you enough to be like I gotta find out what the context for this is. Well, like, the nothing... only reason I would watch a Transformers movie is because of Megan Fox. Like, let's be real. But okay. um, let's see the Jurassic Park movies. I was in a hotel one day. I was at the Big Globe Hotel, like right next to Universal. You see it when you drive by. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there and I was like, I'm going to put on Jurassic Park. And I watched 10 minutes of it, got to welcome to Jurassic Park. I was like, this is fucking stupid and just turned it off. Okay. All right. <laughs> you, you and Chad, you and Chad are in a boat together now. That's fine. So like, I don't know. I just, I, they, you know, some of the things like I've seen the Simpsons movie like 35 times, which, you know, that's probably a little weird. 
because I never this enough. I've never watched a single episode of The Simpsons, but I've seen the movie thirty five times. So I don't know. I'm a weird dude. Like if that's not evident already from the first, for example, if anyone ever listened to my old podcast, if, if that wasn't evident enough, you know, there you go. There's more tidbits of me being weird. Yeah. Well, uh, so the fact that you shut off Jurassic Park, which is one of the most like award winningest, incredible feats <laughs> of practical effects of all time in 10 minutes, but the Simpsons movie, which is the most like selling alleyist, way, way past why did we make this now? This isn't even relevant anymore. Doo doo, you're like, nah, fine arts right here. Let me watch it 30 more times. <laughs> That's, ex that's exactly it. And again, we have to go back to I've seen The Greatest Showman three times this week. So, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you have fallen on your head many a time. So that's you know, we can we can sweep some of that under the rug for sure. Um, is there something that you feel Universal is missing in its current current state? That's an excellent question. And another thing I've never done is I've never gone to horror nights either. That's going to change. <laughs> But, um, okay. you know, as far as what they're missing, I don't know. What I miss is Jaws, and I think everybody okay. misses Jaws because, like, okay, and this is another thing that pisses me off. So I guess we're about to, like, shit on Universal even though I just talked about how great it is. <laughs> so, like, yet last week I went and I couldn't fit on Doctor Doom. Oh, that's so good. And they were like, your chest is too wide, sir. And I'm like, well, sorry. So, like, think about that. Like, half the America who's, like, large can't fit on anything. And then so I go to the new ride, the bank ride, the universal, the in the uh, Gringotts Bank. Yes. And, I could bar and I could barely fit on that. And they're like, well, your legs are large. And I'm like, well, fuck me. Like, in Jaws, I didn't have to worry about any of this. That's so, true. like. So like it sucks sometimes, but but I can fit on the new Velocicoaster like no tomorrow because it goes over the stomach and I've lost a lot of weight. So it makes no sense whatsoever. But you know whatever. Well, and I think it's been probably at least a year or two since I've told this story on the show. Um, the first time my family and I went on the original Harry Potter ride, my fa my parents are big Harry Potter nut swingers. They love those movies. So. They, uh, we all get on the ride or whatever. And so we, we had waited in line for like at least an hour, probably an hour and a half. Um, and we finally get there and that's the one that has like the over the shoulder, um, buckets. Yes. And so we're getting ready to take off and you need three clicks. The, the shoulder thingy has to click three times. Oh, I'm well aware. And then you're good to go. Um, so my dad's sitting on the end. And he is built similarly to myself and yourself. Uh, he's a very uh, barrel-chested man. And so he pulls the thingy down, and he gets two clicks in. And the ride attendant is like, oh, sorry, sir, you, get, you can't. You, it's got to get three clicks. You got to get three clicks. You can't be on the ride. And my father was like, hey, no, fuck that shit. And he <laughs> squashed himself into the bucket seat. Now, he's probably, if I'm 5'11", he's probably 6'1", 6'2", maybe. Mm -hmm. Probably 6'1". And he crammed himself and, to his uh, recollection, crushed his own nutsack on the bottom uh, <laughs> piece of the chair in order to get the third click in. And the attendant pushed on it and third click. And then my dad was like, 
start the fucking ride and so we did and we started from there and it was a magical uh journey that that he still talks about to this day but crushed his own nutsack i will never have future siblings because of the harry potter ride at universal studios you could probably sue universal for that crushing a nutsack for you know what the, they said fucking wingardium leviosa and my dad was like all is forgiven um crushing crushing the nutsack for nutsack for clicks like exactly. let's be exactly. like let's be real you could sue them for that um but you mentioned never going to halloween horror nights so are you a, a horror movie guy or That's not the, really? no so like i love horror movies and like my roommate my old roommate and i i'm living alone now because you know um, but my old roommate and I used to have horror movie Sundays where we would sit down from like four o'clock to like 11 and watch two scary ass movies. And I love, I mean, I love horror movies. I went, so it was weird. Like when I went to universal back in like shit, November and remember they obviously canceled horror night. Cause I know right. you go, but, uh, they had haunted houses there. They were like, there were yeah. two that were, they were two that were up. And I went through them and I was like, okay, this is pretty fun. You know, good shit. But, like, obviously, I'm sure Horror Nights is probably, like, ten times worse and scarier, and I think I would have a blast. Well, not so, yes, I think you would, especially if you enjoyed the, like, during the day, uh, what were they? They were Beetlejuice and Bride of Frankenstein, right? That's it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they're they're hyping it up to, to, to put it back on track this year. Although the thing that you've, unfortunately, because of, you know, our ages, uh, the thing that you missed is olden days Halloween Horror Nights, they used to uh, they used to run Jaws at night. So you could That's go cool. you could go through the haunted houses or you could get in line and go ride Jaws during the night, which was particularly interesting because, you know, most of the ride you couldn't even see at that point because he's popping out of the water and, you know, they got the little searchlight, but you can't really see the shark. Uh, but the fire effects were particularly light. They would uh, be just on another level at night. Um, so unfortunately you've missed that, but. That's you know, okay. I'll yeah, live. I guess so you can watch it on, on YouTube. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so I'm very excited at the prospect of you actually running through Halloween Horror Nights this year. That'll be interesting. It's going to happen. Like, if I could vlog it, I would, but I'm not a <laughs> vlogger. I've tried vlogging like 10 times, and the, it's just it's shit. So I'm not a vlogger. I'm definitely That's not. That's yeah. fair. Um, now, why Universal over Disney? <sighs> so that's a great uh, – it's a great question. So – I actually, so I never get bored, um, never, or I switch back and forth. So I go mm -hmm. one year Universal, one year oh, Disney, one year okay. Universal. Yeah, because I never get, yeah. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that this year. I think I'm going to stick with Universal. And the reason I'm going to do that is because, bro, it's $15 a month. Like, shit. You know, like, I can't complain about that. And I've gotten so good at maneuvering this park that I can get both parks in and out in like four and a half hours. That's impressive. Yeah. So, like, you know, I, I'm probably going to stick with it. But I love Disney. Obviously, I don't know if you know, but James actually tattooed a stitch. I have stitch on my wrist. Yeah. Um, yeah so, like, I've got Disney tattooed I say, on I, 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 I am challenged to to name um, another person that I've known that has been able to pull off a stitch onesie uh, nearly as good as you have. Thank you. Yeah, that was on my old Instagram account. That looks so good. Um, the person that gave that to me. Uh, thought that I would fit. It was a one-size-fit-all. Well, what they don't realize is one-size-fit-all doesn't apply to large human beings like myself. 
And right. so, so that shit didn't fit at all. But, you know, I made it work. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I could wear it in the ring and everyone would go. piss themselves. So. I've always wanted, I did, truth be told, I've always wanted to do like a Halloween show or something like that where everybody was in costume, but genuinely went like ham on the costumes. I would we, do it. Because I've worked on a show before that did like kind of a Halloween theme, but like clearly the talent didn't really get it or didn't care. Or it's very like you kind of see people outside the building like throwing together some kind of costume last second. And I'm like, no, I want a Halloween show where it's like we're putting real effort in, you know, to to do a thing. Or in your case, putting real effort to put on the Stitch onesie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> whatever the case is. Um, but that is, that is a pie in the sky. You know, that's a, that's a hopefully one day kind of, uh, kind of idea. Now I do want to, I do want to know, this is a little jump in the gun a little bit on the get your shit in part, but I do want to know, can you, do you have a list of this like summer of Cooper marathon run that you're participating in? And so that people can kind of like make note. Yeah. So June 26th is my first match bag. So next Saturday, uh, I'm going to be at American Lucha Wrestling up in North Carolina wrestling uh, TDT, and uh, he's a good up-and-coming kid. He works like future stars of AML and, and stuff like that. He's a good dude. Uh, July 3rd, I'm going to be at ACW uh, right back in Tampa, and I wanted to do that because, you know, it's around family and close friends. Uh, July 10th, I will be at Universal, so if any of you see me, don't hesitate to come bother me. Um, July 7, July 7, here we go. July 17th, I will be at Universal because my show canceled. Um, so, so don't, uh, don't fucking ask me for anything. I'm yeah, getting churro. So, shut up. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll buy you a butter beer if I see you. Um, Ju- July 24th, I will be at PWX. July 25th, I will be making my AML wrestling debut. Uh, July 31st. I am back to American Lucha Wrestling, wrestling Drew Hood, who is another guy who I've gotten extremely close with, and then ACW on August 7th, and then I'm sailing off into the sunset and going back to educating the eager young minds of tomorrow. So let me ask you this, because we've talked about this before, that you have had a crazy career in a in a short amount of time. You have done all kinds of shit and wrestled all kinds of people and really learned and grew and you and I talked a lot about character ideas and all this stuff um you know you and override having countless conversations about theme music and things like that um so in in sort of the vein of giving back what are some things that you would tell wrestlers just getting into this or people that are like maybe still in wrestling school or something like that what are some things that they should be knowing going into this line of work yeah. So number one, and I've been waiting for this question for a year. Okay, good. Don't let the bullshit bother you. I allowed the bullshit to bother me. That is the reason why I'm leaving professional wrestling, because I let the bullshit bother me so bad that, you know, I'm now medicated and therapy and all that. Don't allow the bullshit to bother you. Everyone is going to shit on you. There's at some point in time, there are very few people in this business that genuinely love you. But those people are going to support you for life. And don't let the BS stop you. The second thing is people are going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. I was told that my shit by a, by a big-time veteran who dropped me like a bad habit, that my shit made no sense. And what did we do? I made money off that. That's true. I, I had the greatest commentator of all time put me over to like nobody's <laughs> business. 
Um, and I did shit that made no sense. I'm 265 pounds doing handstands, landing on my head, taking skewers in the head for $20. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so don't, don't let people sit there and manipulate you and, and, and tell you that what you're doing is wrong. Stick your course. You know, for example, I started out as a sports coach and, uh, a manager and a tag partner. And then the next thing, you know, I ended up being the symphony of destruction and doing my own thing. So like, Find who you are and stick with it and go balls deep. Like I said, don't just because you're working in front of 20 people doesn't mean you have to work like you're working for 20 people because those 20 people paid $20 to see you work. So go balls deep everywhere you go all the time. Don't stop. Like, so that's those, those would be my biggest advice is don't let the bullshit bother you like it did to me and just go balls to the wall and don't let naysayers stop you from what you're doing, you know, and that so that would be my biggest advice. That's, 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 that's not easy to talk about. Um, and I'm actually interested to kind of hear the, for people who are maybe uneasy about mental health stuff and, and, and therapy and things like that. How did you get started? Like, how did you get into like, get the ball rolling on that? Cause that's not fucking easy. No. So I decided that I needed help when I attempted suicide February of 2020. And that was my second attempt at it. And both times by medication, the first time I was addicted, you know, what people, a lot of people don't realize, and I don't think I, I don't know, I'm sure I've talked to you about it, but because you've read the stuff that I've written, but I was addicted to painkillers at 19, 20 years old. And, you know, obviously no shit. I'm flipping onto floors and all this other stuff. And for example, and I'm not going to call out where I got my stuff from, but I got my stuff from a place that was super accessible and easy. All you had to do is go, ow, I'm hurting, and they would take care of me. But, you know, I realized that when I'm in the UK with the girl that I'm eventually going to marry, and I'm happy, and life's going great, and I just wrestled for WXW Germany, that I attempted suicide. Like, I realized, okay, shit, like, my life is not, like, this is not right. So when I got back from the UK in March, I started therapy in June of that year because, again, I went from denying needing help for three or four years to, you know, getting help even to today. And the crazy thing is, you know, and I, and I thought about this, and this is kind of why I wanted to do this show or the show, like a lot of shows in general or just specific shows that give a shit about me. But, uh, you know... I have been a very, very, and I thought about this like recently, I have been a very bad partner to some people in the past. Like I was not a great boyfriend to some people and I blame a lot of the relationship problems that I've had on me. And my, one of my ex-girlfriends tried to get me to get help when I was in college and I refused and we broke up and I realized it was my fault, you know? And so, you know, I would say that if I wouldn't have gotten help, that I probably would have pushed a lot more people away and I'd be pretty damn alone. So mm-hmm. I would say my biggest thing is please don't be ashamed to go get help. Like don't because the mental health thing is so serious and that is just the most important thing. Like I took I took days off of school because of my mental health. Like I would wake up and go, shit, this is going to be a terrible day. Like, let me not take this out on my children and took the day off. So 
you know, that would be my biggest thing. So I started back in June of last year and am currently medicated. And I, I do some other things to medicate. Like, obviously, I can't do the things that I want to do to medicate. You know, I'm a teacher and I have to be, you know, responsible. But, you know, but yeah. So that's that's really the journey of it. So I guess the 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 other question. So first of all, that's immensely commendable because, like I said before, it's not easy to get started with that. It's not easy to maintain. So the fact that you've been able to stick with this and 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 the fact that you're still around to even talk about this is is fantastic. Um, I guess my my question here is in regards to teaching and in wrestling, what are you looking to prove at this stage? I am looking to prove, and it's funny because tomorrow is my last day of school at this particular school. And I wrote a letter to my kids, like a goodbye letter. And the one thing that I'm trying to prove is that you don't have to, for example, make it to WWE or AEW or Impact or, in my case, MLW to be happy. I realize that there is a lot and this is like this is where i go into like another reason why i'm leaving the business i learned that there is a lot of things outside of wrestling that can make somebody happy like i have found some of my happiness outside of wrestling i went from being a very depressed person you know to actually being happy which is weird um so what am i trying to prove i'm trying to prove that even though I struggle with mental health and I still do every day, even though that I struggle with this stuff, that what you want to do in your dreams and everything are still achievable at the highest level. You know, I attempted suicide and still wrestled for the biggest company that I've, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world. I attempted suicide and was addicted to drinking and, you know, taking pills and all that to, having 114 kids write me thank you letters for giving them the best education they've ever had. So that would be my biggest thing is just, uh, you can do anything that you want to do and mental health is going to be a barrier, but don't let it stop you. So that's what I'm trying to prove is that this, this stuff can't stop me from doing what I want to do. That's amazing. That's, that's fantastic. And, and true, Truth be told, I mean, you know, you and I obviously have gotten to know each other outside of wrestling. And so this is not from like a promoter perspective or like a, you know, fellow person in wrestling perspective. It's really wonderful to hear that you can find purpose and find something to motivate you and find those, you know, bits of happiness, you know, where you can. Um, no matter if it's involved in wrestling or not, you know, it's awesome that you're doing this, you know, summer marathon run and selfishly, I hope that it's not the absolute end, uh, in terms of wrestling and you, but even if it is the fact that you've been able to take these things and take them as lessons and, and grow from them when so many people just kind of stay in stasis and that's it, that's incredible. And um, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And you've been able to do it, um, which is no surprise. Um, is there anything else on your plate right now? Anything else that that uh, that the fine dozens and dozens need to know about right now? 
I just, yeah, I mean, my biggest thing is just, you know, just because, you know, and this, this is just shock. Like I said, I'm shocked by it all. You know, I left wrestling and I still have dozens of wrestlers asking me for advice or dozens of wrestlers asking me to watch their matches for feedback. And it just, it shows that even though, you know, I screwed up a lot in personal life that people still truly appreciate what I did in the short amount of time that I did it. And so that's really cool. And I want to say thank you to those people that genuinely do care. And for the people that don't care or the people that are currently bad mouthing me and whatever, that's fine. I, Hey, I have let it go. And it makes me feel so good to say that, you know, I, again, when I said, I realized that there are a lot more things in life than, you know, for example, Twitter trolls or whatever, my life has gone so much better. So, you know, what, that's basically the bottom line to it, you know, and it goes back to the whole, don't let the bullshit stop you. You know, there's always going to be bullshit. And I've learned that there's bullshit in the education system, you know, just don't let it stop you. So that would be the final thing for me is I have officially, and I can say it proudly have let my faults in certain situations go. And I've grown as a human being, as a person, and I think I have found a different purpose and a better purpose. And so that would be the final thing for me is I hope you guys come and see my shows. I hope you all give me a hug and want to take pictures. And I hope that you guys can feel the energy that I'm going to bring because I'm going to do a lot of shit <laughs> that makes no sense. Perfect. Perfect. I am terribly excited. I will be at that ACW show. Yes. Uh, losing my absolute shit on commentary. And uh, so I'm very excited to reunite. And uh, like I said, I'm thrilled to just have gotten to participate in any small part in the career that you've had. And obviously we're going to continue to um, put you over fucking huge and uh, continue to support and, uh, you know, for, for just thank you, Zach, we, you have done a lot of good things and, and the, the growth and, and evolution that you've shown is somewhat of an inspiration. And like you said, your vocalization about mental health and getting help and just everything, you're the fucking man. So, well, I can definitely say that, you know, nobody, I mean, I appreciate you thanking me, but there are so many people out there, including myself, that should be thanking you. Like, you, and I say this wholeheartedly, and people need to know this, you are one of the biggest reasons that I did anything. Because, bro, I had no confidence at all. I was, like, going out there and fucking Elucha red trunks and <laughs> not knowing what the fuck I was doing. And then the next thing you know, I'm hearing you mark out on commentary versus me versus Gabezilla one. Like, mm -hmm. bro, it's, it is so much. And like, bro, I heard you scream when I kicked Cyrus in the fucking face, like from all the way up there in Ebor, like <laughs> you are the, one of the biggest reasons that I made anything of a career in wrestling. So bro, the thanks goes to you, not to me. Well, thank you. Who the fuck did I ever beat? Um, anyways, <laughs> to all the uh, oh, oh, you've got uh, you've got some social media that we can put over. Um, tell uh, get your shit in. Tell people uh, who who, who want to follow you on your journey here. Uh, tell them how they can uh, uh, keep eyeballs on you. 
Yo, you can add me on Facebook at uh, Zachary Williams Cooper. That's my real name. Um, well, not shoot just naming on you. Yeah, so. Mm. And then uh, you guys, and this is going to sound stupid because I tell all my kids that it dulls the mind and you kids are going to become stupid because of it. You can follow me on TikTok. There you um, go. At Zach Cooper TikTok. And uh, I don't post much, but, like, I will interact with you. So, yeah, like, do those things. I deleted Twitter. Twitter's garbage. Uh, Instagram, I got tired of looking at myself, so I deleted that, too. Um, so, yeah. The, I, like, those I like your just your, your shooting gallery on social media. <laughs> LinkedIn, fuck you. You're boring. So, Parler, who needs you? Get the fuck out. Those are the places that you can follow me and, and check out what the hell is going on. So let's all bug Zach Cooper on TikTok and see if he'll start doing like some of the dances or some shit. I'll start um, doing the WAP on on. There you go. Yeah. There you all go. Right. Well, thank you, Zach, for joining us once again, and of course, thank you to the dozens and dozens for listening to this monumental episode here. Uh, please make sure you're following his journey as he does his unbelievable marathon run, and uh, for uh, all of our. Uh, Dozens and dozens at home. On behalf of Chad and Luna, I'm, of course, Zach Romero. Until next time, we always say, deuces. Hope I don't poop today. Hercules Mulligan! A jump scare is the Canadian destroyer of horror films. Pardon me. Might I suck my own dick for a second? I'm ready to greet the day, you fucker. (laughs) Every single one of you guys has made a horrible decision. (laughs) It's that dirty-ass Meryl Street. We are, we're touching wieners, touching wieners professionally. Ric Flair said fuck a six-pack, and he never lost an ounce of pussy. What I am is a big, queer, stone-cold Steve Austin. Birds don't give a fuck about your life.